Hello, and welcome to Vital Compass. I'm Chris Verrasprade, and today I will share with you some of my story. When I moved to London, I had a plan in my head. I, I didn't dare to think beyond the first eight, ten months, but of course I had a plan. And I always remember the Yiddish saying that a friend of mine, Plinio Kotaichi, told me, with all his love, he said, man plans and God smiles. And I thought, oh, soon God will have a blast laughing of all the mess that happened with my plan. <laughs> the process of moving to a different country happens in many different ways, depending especially on the reason for moving, the country of origin and country of destination, whether if it's something permanent or temporary, um, what time in life you're moving and the socioeconomic historical context that's happening. And I've been thinking about how to explore the immigration theme here on the podcast for a long time, because it's a theme that's part of my life. Um, so I talked with several immigrant friends, I researched, I made new friends from this investigation, and I understood that um, I want to address this topic here in several episodes, um, as, as I did with the theme of life-changing experiences, but this time it will be um, interspersed with episodes on other themes. So... Some will have testimonials, guests, and at other times I will share with you some reflections or my personal stories. There are several issues that I feel are important to explore here, such as belonging, prejudice, grief, ambiguous loss, purposes, and also the difficulties of immigration, the so-called expat, the refugee, because according to the World Economic Forum of 2020, they estimate there are 272 million international migrants in the world. It's more than Brazil's population. So let me tell you a bit of my story. I was an immigrant twice. The first time it was in 1996 when I went to study in the US, first in Boston and then in New York. And the second time in 2015 when I came to England. And when I think about these two experiences, I see how they happen in a totally different way for me. Uh, in 96, I ventured out alone. And in 2015, I moved to another country together with my family. And I remember that when I was in the U.S. once, um, they were talking to me and someone asked something and use the term alien. The person said something like blah, 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 legal alien. It was a normal conversation, but after she used the word alien, I could only think of Sigourney Weaver's movie, Alien. And I thought, my God, do people refer to immigrants as aliens? That was surreal for me. And if you haven't seen this movie yet, check it out. It's a very good sci-fi movie made in 1979, and you will understand why this analogy was so shocking to me. 
In the U.S., an immigrant is also called an alien. If he or she entered the country legally, it's a legal alien. If he or she entered the country illegally, it's an illegal alien. Uh, well, in the dictionary, the first meaning of alien as um, an adjective is belonging to a foreign country. But the second meaning is unfamiliar and disturbing or distasteful. So now you made the connection with Sigourney Weaver and my shock with the expression, right? <laughs> well... There's a whole cultural issue regarding the dynamics of immigration that are being built in each country, depending on their values, their socio-political structure, their economic condition. People who migrate in search of work, um, and and well, people can migrate in search of work and a new life, you know. It's not uncommon that these two searches are hand in hand. Uh, a new life where it's possible to have a job. So usually that's, um, that's very common. I lived in the U.S. and now in England, and I have always been a legal immigrant. But I confess that all the bureaucracy of entering another country is stressful for me. I always think that the immigration officer may be, you know, in a bad day or bad mood, will not like me, will, you know, forbid me to enter for whatever reason. I get so anxious in these procedures and that if the, if the immigration officer accuses me of a crime, I might as well just think that I did it, you know. Oh, maybe I, maybe I did it. I, I just don't remember because he's saying so and he knows things. It's, it's surreal how the situations make some people so stressed. I certainly do. And I'm getting better at relaxing these processes. But, and also, well, when the officer is uh, calm and just welcomes me with a smile, oh, it makes a huge difference. Just a little smile to tell me that you're in a good mood, please. But seriously, I hear me sharing this with you all, and I hear that. How ridiculous it sounds, but I feel exactly as I said. And the other day, I heard a journalist who came to England from Iran um, as a refugee, and she was 12. And she said that she still stresses out during these bureaucratic passport procedures. And she has been a British citizen for over 20 years. But she said that whenever she's entering a country, she pretends she's sleepy or bored and she yawns at the officer's face just to, you know, as a way of saying to him, oh, I don't care about this. I'm so uh, used to this. I'm so cool. And But internally, she is relieving a traumatic childhood experience that moves her a lot to this day. Um... This question of belonging is a crucial aspect uh, of immigration that's very much related to mental health as well. Belonging is a human need, belonging to a group, to a culture. It helps us to feel safe. By belonging, you are accepted. 
And a feeling of acceptance in life is fundamental for us to live a fuller life. The feeling of not being accepted, of being rejected, of not belonging, generates great suffering, generates a feeling of worthlessness, of indignity. Uh, and, and when you move to a country that has a different language, wow, it's a huge barrier. It can be a huge barrier. Clarice Lispector, a great Brazilian literary figure, a novelist, she said, Belonging doesn't just arise from being weak and needing to join with something or someone stronger. Often the intense desire to belong comes to me from my own strength. I want to belong so that my strength is not useless and strength is a person or a thing. This process of belonging happens simultaneously inside ourselves and, and in the outer world. It, it happens at the same time as I feel that I belong in my own inner world and in the outer world. Belonging is a subjective human experience and it's also a construction we feel we belong as we adjust to the environment and find harmony with the new place. It's an exercise in curiosity for the new while having a secure base on the inside, such as memories, affection, a cultural identity. As time goes by, depending on how this construction of belonging takes place, it's possible to incorporate new habits and uh, and get culturally enriched. We expand the notion of right and wrong. Uh, you know, there's no a right way of doing things, but there is this cultural way of doing things. For example, driving on a certain side of the road. Um, in Brazil, uh, we kiss on the cheek when we meet. I like a kiss and a hug. Yeah, I'm a hugger. Guilty as charged. But here in London, it depends on the person you meet. It's not like in Brazil, where you greet and kiss. Some are uncomfortable with this physical proximity, or it's just not their cultural way of greeting. Um, so there are different ways of saying hello. It can be like a nod or a hand wave or a handshake. Um, and and London, London is so cosmopolitan, so... It's, it's, I think it's easier to navigate in these circumstances. I haven't been on the bus for a while because of the pandemic, but before there were days that I would get on the bus and I could hear three, four languages uh, on my way to some place. And it was, you know, French, Hungarian, Arabic, Spanish. Uh, one of the things I love the most about this city is the diversity. And before I finish today's episode, I'll tell you a story that happened in my first year here. I, um, I guess I was here for like maybe five, six months. My son was playing football in the park near our house, and I had gone to get a cup of coffee in the cafe nearby in the park. And when I got back, my son was in front of a small tree holding his scooter high up, trying to hit the branches. 
I arrived and he was very upset and he was already speaking English very well and he said everything in English, that the ball had fallen on the branches, on the tree and he couldn't catch it and he was upset and there were two ladies trying to help him. So one of them uh, got the scooter to, to, to try it from an even higher uh, place but it wasn't working. Then I said that I was going to try to get on top of a bench that was near the tree so I could access the branches from higher up. But I needed someone to support me, to to hold my legs so I wouldn't fall. So one of them offered to help me and as I was getting on top of the bench, she already grabbed my legs and was practically glued to me. And, you know, uh, (laughs) it was a ridiculous scene. And the other woman was telling me where to hit the scooter because I could not see the ball properly from where I was. And Theo, my son, was getting nervous and nervous and he was losing his hope. And then he said, this time in Portuguese... Mom, it's not working. It won't work. The two women said almost at the same time, also in Portuguese, Are you Brazilian? And we all burst out laughing. Um, It was like, wow, what are the odds? We finally managed to to catch the ball and the girl who grabbed my legs was Brazilian and the other woman was uh, Portuguese. And they both stopped what they were doing in the park to help a mother and a son rescue the ball without knowing that we all shared something uh, so fundamental in our lives. When I moved to London, I thought I had a plan, and I'm glad I had a plan, but the adventure um, reveals itself. It's, It's beyond our control, because that's life. And there are challenges that that bring fear and uncertainty, but these are anxieties that we will leave in a way or another, because it's part of life, so... I feel that nurturing my curiosity for life experiences helps me uh, face difficult moments and I feel that I'm discovering new ways of belonging as I respect and value my roots and my culture of origin. It can be fun to eat uh, a delicious tapioca with cheese and tapioca is a typical Brazilian food made with cassava flour. Uh, So it can be fun to have tapioca with cheese and a cup of Earl Grey tea with a dash of milk. Before I say goodbye, I invite you to follow Vita Compass on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is just a click. And when you have some time, go check the website www.vitacompass.com. You can create a login and follow closely the posts on Explore and also the podcast episodes fresh from the oven. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make a review here. You can help others find the podcast and we can expand our circle of conversations. I'll see you 
next week. Take good care of yourself.